the reason why I wanted to get both you guys on at the same time is because actually last week I got on another couple, a combat couple, so to say, and uh, talked about some stuff together outside of fighting. You know what I mean? Not really. We talked about fighting at the end, but mostly we talked about like what they do outside of fighting together. So for you guys, um, I know Emily, you're from the Northwest and, and Johnny's from the Midwest. And you guys have different upbringings, different interests. So I wanted to get into like you guys coming together and like kind of introducing each other to the interests that you have to the other person. And does it work out into like a disaster or do you guys kind of pick up those interests? Can you guys get into that, delve into that a little bit? No, we, we definitely do. Yeah, definitely. Like I got her into like shooting and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and definitely like I get into some of her interests as well. Like, um, you know, music and like. Uh, she's super into like you know nature and preserving nature and shit like that. And, and, yeah, I think it's different. I have a different opinion. I don't think Johnny really cares as much about like I'll try and talk to him about nature and stuff, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. I'm like he'll listen, but he's never like super into it, you know. And like I like shooting, but I'm not like super into it like Johnny is, you know. Where like I think we both will like tolerate each other. I don't know if tolerate's the right word, but we'll, like, we'll act <sighs> somewhat interested, but it's not, like, something that we're both, like... Like, stricken to the core with, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, like, you know, the kind of things that she's super passionate about, I'm just like, oh, that's cool. And the kind of things that I'm super passionate about, she's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, it's whatever. Yeah. So, we're not, like, we're not, like, super gung-ho about each other's, like, topics and stuff, but we can definitely appreciate, for sure. All right, let's go into the shooting first, then. Emily, did you shoot when you were younger, or was it the first time with Johnny? No, I grew up shooting uh, with my grandpa and stuff, so I had been around guns a little bit, but never owned my own gun, and never really shot much of a handgun. I think the only handgun I shot before I met Johnny was a three fifty seven. So my grandpa, I was home last summer, and I was actually trying, uh, he was trying to give me that gun, and I was like, no he's like you're gonna go camping by yourself you need to have a gun and i agreed with him because there was some points where i was out and about and i was kind of like oh i should have more than my kitchen knife right now <laughs> and uh so johnny i was really lucky to have him show me how and like he bought me my first handgun and like i felt really lucky to like have somebody be able to like teach me that i like did mind being close to me and like things like that you know but um yeah, it's, it's been good learning, but he, now that the coronavirus is going on and everything, he's, like, stockpiled on ammo and bought all these new guns. And so it's he like, me out. Oh, yeah, he's all excited about, like, something going down. I just like to be prepared. He, he likes to be very over-prepared. And, <laughs> um, and so, like, when he's talking about all of that, I'm a little bit more like, okay, like, not as interested, but I do care a little bit, you know. So the three fifty seven, whoa, that's a uh, that's impressive, right? <laughs> that even more why I didn't want it because I've shot it before and it like scared me, and then I'm like, I want to feel comfortable and like confident with my gun and not pull out a cannon and then like be afraid of like you know because when I've shot it I'm like oh after like a little freaked out so I just have a three eighty it's perfect it's, it's all I need. <laughs> So with Johnny, when you when you found out that she actually was she shot before, you know, when she was younger, and when you started to go shooting, when did when you guys started to go shooting together, right? Was it something that you were really hyped about 
inside you're like yes you know there's somebody that i could go shooting with and and have fun yeah i mean i was kind of like that with her when we first met because she she fist fights too you know what i mean so i was like man this chick is awesome you know so but yeah definitely like it's definitely cool that she likes to you mean she likes to go four wheeling and dirt biking and all that stuff too so yeah she's definitely uh she's definitely uh a down chick for sure you ever bought any like guns or something for her but really it's for you <laughs> I know. Yeah, so I, I actually I've been carrying her like I concealed and uh, I have a full size gun, but I sold my concealed gun when all this was going on because I mean it was like a five hundred dollar handgun. I sold it for seven hundred dollars. Like I was like, oh, I'm just gonna make money right now. I got a full size gun, but uh, when I leave, I usually grab her gun just to conceal it, whatever. If I'm just running the store or whatever, but uh, yeah, so I kind of it's kind of, but it's her gun for sure. It's her gun, but I just carry it sometimes. <laughs> It seems like right now there's like a big divide, right, in in the U.S. with like gun owners versus, I guess. I don't know, man. I think since the coronavirus, I think honestly, pretty much everybody went out to buy a gun. You know what I mean? No matter which side of the line you were on, I think during all this stuff, because I mean, gun sales are the record they've ever been in the United States right now during this this pandemic. So I mean, and I've been, I have a lot of buddies who are who work in gun shops and stuff, and they're like. Yeah, man, there's people coming in to buy guns that you would never suspect even owning a firearm, nor would I ever want them to own a firearm, but it's their, their legal right, you know what I mean? So I think now that this whole thing is going on, I think everybody's kind of understanding, like, okay, maybe we do need firearms, you know? Yeah, but why would you need a firearm, though? I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm all about guns. Like, I grew up shooting, too, but it's like, why would people that don't know anything about weapons <laughs> need a gun, really? Yeah. Right? Why would those guys exactly those and those? I agree, those people shouldn't have guns. But because those people do have guns, I want to. <laughs> I think there's like such a weird thing. Um, one of our close friends is a cop, and we always talk with her about like she, great Muay Thai, great Jiu Jitsu, great wrestling, and she's so confident. I feel like in a combat situation, being able to like carry her own without a weapon, that makes her that much even better of a cop where like some people that are getting guns now may use it when there's no threat because they don't have that confidence in like a man-to-man you know one-on-one combat situation so they automatically are going to use that so i think it's a one thing if you do buy a gun or you get a gun like you have to go shoot that gun you need to go outside and shoot that gun you need to go to a range and shoot that gun you need to move and shoot that gun like there's so much training that goes into owning a gun where i don't think people like they're like oh i'm just gonna put a bullet in it point it and shoot it well the gun itself it kicks it's loud it scares you so like there's just so much like especially when you get a gun and you start you're around people that know a lot and that training with them you realize it's kind of like mma like it's like there's a never-ending repertoire of stuff you can learn and do like clearing houses like knowing how to shoot like it's just there's so many different like things you could train and learn how to do so it's uh it's i think people are just scared right now so like people are out to like think think this is the apocalypse or like something crazy is going to happen which i mean guns are definitely going to help and keep you safe in a lot of situations but eventually ammo is going to run out eventually something's you know you're not always going to have that so you need to be able to take care of yourself without it i think that's like the most important thing yeah, there's a big misconception, I think, with guns. People that don't know about them, they think, like, it's like the movies. They could, like, hold two handguns and shoot them, you know, like, bang, 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 you know, yeah. cops and robbers. Or yeah. just, like, set it on the table and just like, go off and start shooting people. You know I mean? Like, they don't understand, like, no, there's 
you know, people, it's a tool, just like, just like a hammer, you know, you could beat somebody down with a hammer, you could shoot somebody too, it's like, you got to know how to, how to use it properly, that's why. Well, the Anthony Smith thing that, you know, someone broke into his house and the, the kid was a wrestler and he's on drugs and he's probably, and he was, and people are like saying like, oh, why didn't you submit him? It's like, come on, man. You're in a life and death situation. You don't know. Like, he explained it really well, right? But if you had a gun, that situation becomes different. Exactly. And that's why I can't, I can't believe he didn't have a gun. Like, you know what I mean? And that's exactly why I own a firearm. Because in that situation where it's seriously primal fear. And that's like, Anthony's a professional fighter. You know? Well, I think he was so, saying it, he has a gun, but it was just for some reason it was like in a case like somewhere where it wasn't uh, by his bed where it normally is. And it's like, but those are usually the instances where something happens where mm-hmm. like, oh, like I just turned around or I was just went outside real quick where it's always- like those, left my gun in the car. It's like, always those moments that catches you yeah. off guard. That's why you need to be able to take care of yourself physically without it. But having that is also such a deterrent, you know? I, I couldn't believe that that happened to him. I mean, what a crazy house. Yeah. What a house to break into. Right. <laughs> oh, I got an ass whooping that you'll never forget. But still, like, that guy who had, like, a blood pathogen, like, disease or something. Then Anthony, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many variables where it's like, you don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even had to fight that guy. You know what I mean? In a one-on-one scenario. You know what I mean? You know, especially in his house. You should have had a gun. It's like, get down or you're going to fucking get shot, dude. Cops are coming. So, I don't know. Just, um. Uh, just that it's just uh you know second amendment right it's good to exercise for sure yeah man if it, if you can have it and if you're trained you should have it and and protect yourself at all times and you guys your house would be the last house to to break into <laughs> you know what i mean like there's every corner it's like you're going to get like you get fucked so. up basically yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah come on in now um you know like of course Johnny with the guns now, Emily, you know, what are you introducing Johnny to? And Johnny is embracing that. Oh, I've introduced him to a whole new lifestyle. <laughs> um, I think, garden. yeah, I just, I have a garden going, like all my house plants, um, all my environmental stuff. Uh, Johnny is a little bit more, um, he loves the environment, but not the same way that I love the environment. So like all of the salmon stuff that's going on in the Northwest um, with the orcas and then the dams and all of that. So that's kind of been one of my big things that sucked me up recently. And so I'll always talk to Johnny about that. Um, I think he's interested, but not like, it's not like a skill, you know, like I'm just kind of bitching to him about stuff that's going on, you know, where where he'll listen, you know, but like, it's not like something that I'm showing him, but, um, yeah, just, I think living like kind of more of a hippie lifestyle. Like when I met Johnny, I think he was a little bit more of a partier and stuff. And then now like he's eats a little better, (laughs) (laughs) smokes a little bit more weed and a little drinks a little less and (laughs) drinks more kombucha now and stuff like that. For sure, for sure. The Northwest is uh like I grew up my teenage years in the Northwest. Oh wow, you so did there that. are a, yeah, no outside just outside of Tacoma. Okay. So uh, yeah, Compton. so there's a lot of hippies out Compton. there too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So um, yeah. Well, then you might. I don't know if you read anything. Have you heard of Rainbow Valley? Rainbow Valley, no. It's it's in Olympia, okay. like it's like where like it's like a hippie capital of Washington State. Okay. And uh, it's it back back in the in the nineties, it was like a place where you would go and uh, 
get your hippie experience and i used to go from time to time and and open my mind so to say oh, okay, over there okay. yeah. and uh no, i don't I think don't... it exists anymore but it was a hippie guy a guy hippie uh old school guy he just opened his land up he had a bunch of land and just opened it up for people it was like woodstock oh. every month basically which I... was kind of crazy Oh, yeah, I think that's one thing growing up as a kid in the Northwest, if you find uh, the party scene, it's uh, pretty good to you. I grew up going to raves and outdoor parties, and there was always just a big flood of things to experiment with. And, you know, you're out in nature. Like, I've been to some... I look back and I'm like, if I were to try and explain these parties, like if you were trying to explain Rainbow Valley to somebody, they'd be like, you're a liar. But like, I don't think people understand how crazy it could be growing up in the Northwest. Like there's so much possibility and so much stuff there to do. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's, I'm glad that you grew up there. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a trip. Like when you go there, you see all kinds of people. It's not even just hippies because yeah. people hear about it and then they're like, oh, I got to go experience that. Then you see like, like seriously, like gangsters are there, oh, yeah. like hanging out, partying. And it's like dirt, dirt road, like dirt areas, grass. <laughs> yeah. There's like a little like lake like on the island. side, but there's like gangsters there walking around, tripping out. And there's like <laughs> naked people everywhere. And it's like yeah. all these worlds combining together. Were. like you would literally have like your weird naked hippies and then you had like your gangster kids that were there probably like making money and then you had like your regular like high school kids that like obviously were there with their parents money and like you, it was always such a weird group of people but they were all there on the same wavelength you know channeling something and enjoying it it was it's it's, it's yeah same experience when you guys talk to each other about like your upbringing is it does it interest you each other you know i know you guys have your differences so well i think we have a lot of similarities yeah. in the way we grew up just because uh portland is obviously like really like hippie and like more business you know but then the outskirts are very country and so i did grow up you know around like a dirt bikes and horses and shooting and you know kind of a country lifestyle and joining from iowa comes from a more country lifestyle so i think that we actually like come from a very a lot more similar background than people would think being from like iowa and oregon there are still like a lot of similarities what about you johnny yeah i mean yeah we definitely grew up very similar like we have a lot of uh there's just a lot of a lot of our stories are kind of similar it's weird because like before we met like two three years before we even met like our our past started like interwinding and like we almost met each other like here and like almost met each other here and then and then yeah it was just like it was supposed to happen you know so it's crazy because we have a lot of similar similarities like that with how we grew up but even though we didn't you know grew up half the country apart you guys been together for a few years so you must had a had a lot of adventures you know what i mean because uh you know going places and like meeting people and and experiencing just adventures right just talk about some of the adventures that you guys been into maybe you've never talked about before some interesting individuals you have met throughout your journeys together so we actually started out as an event like our whole first three months of our relationship i was living in phoenix and she was living in las vegas so i mean it was like every weekend we'd adventure across the desert like she was either coming to phoenix or i was coming to vegas so i mean we've kind of always started out our relationship as a little bit of an adventure really i think probably like two good situations um there was one time when i was in phoenix and uh we got pulled over together and my car 
apparently smelled <laughs> like weed. And so we actually got like taken out of my car. The whole car got searched. Um, it was only a little bit that he found, and the cop was just kind of like, "This is a joke and a waste <laughs> of my time." And like, get a medical car. Was and, like, so and like yelled at oh. us. Um, and then there was another time when we were actually driving to the Pacific Northwest, oh, and yeah. like, so we stayed in a small town in northern california called susanville it's like a couple hours north of reno and we're like starting to drive up this mountain and these are all like this is the back road like rural area like when you get up into oregon you know like where you're down south where it's a lot more barren and so um we're like leaving susanville and we go up this big beautiful road and like there's still snow like everywhere but not on the road and it's just like looks like you can reach out and like touch the sky and like we had a roadie and like smoking a joint like just having a daniel time and i was like okay i gotta pee so he went to pull over and right when we pull over the truck goes like this and we were like like right away we knew like we were fucked so it looked like asphalt that we were pulling off to but it wasn't it was all dirt but since they put gravel on the roads when it's slick all the gravel gets pushed over to the side so this was not a gravel area that like a turnoff this was actually just dirt and so the truck just sunk straight down and it was we both knew growing up riding and like floor buying like we're like we're stuck and like johnny tried to get it out but it just got worse and before that we hadn't seen a car probably for like an hour and then I'm not even 10 minutes of us being stuck. We see a truck come over and we were just like, it took a couple trucks to finally get us out. But again, like it could have been so much worse. We could have not seen anyone for another hour. Like we did. I think it was like a Sunday morning too. So like nothing was open. No one was coming to save us, you know? So that was definitely an adventure. That was a good one. And then we drove down the one-on-one from Oregon back to Las Vegas. That was pretty fucking neat too. We've had a lot of good adventures actually. We've had quite a few. Yeah. You were in the Midwest and like in Arizona for a while, and the the terrain is completely different from the Northwest, right? So when you got up there to Northwest with her, was that the first time actually going up there and experiencing the, the mountains out there in the forest? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure it was. And, yeah, there's no place in the world like it. I mean, it's kind of reminded me of, like, be going back in time and like back when like the dinosaurs kind of walked walked the earth that's kind of what it looked like he got you know, super like... spoiled so <laughs> i i'm lucky enough where i had friends and family that lived up the columbia gorge and then my friends live on the coast and so i've been all over the most beautiful parts and so he got to go to newport oregon and spend some time where my friend's house was literally like a house away from the ocean and off this beautiful cliff, like literally like picture book. And so he got to explore like beautiful coastline. And then me, my grandparents lived in the, in the gorge. And so then he got to go up the gorge with me and my cousin and her husband. And so he got to see the the best, the best, the best of the best, you know? So he got spoiled for a Pacific (laughs) Northwest trip. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really I was really excited to show him because it's really like nowhere else in the world, you know? I follow a lot of the instagram people that travel and do pictures and stuff and they always post a lot of the pacific northwest and so it's like you know when people are traveling all over the world and that's still one of the main things they post you know it's special oh definitely definitely beautiful area uh when if if sasquatch is out there you know it's a beautiful place (laughs) 
Back oh, yeah. where he's at. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> he's chilling out there. Uh, now, hiking, you know, of course, even in the desert, in the mountains, you know, what were some of the some of the good spots? Have you ever been in danger out there in the mountain? Because in the Northwest, you could get lost and really get lost. I don't think we went on any crazy hikes when we were back. No. Um, there's a spot we like to go to here, um, the Gold Strike Hot Springs. So the first time we hiked down them, um, so <laughs> it was actually, it was open, it was closed, but it opened that Tuesday. So they actually closed the hot springs from, I think it's May till September because it's too hot and people get stuck down there and it's not, it's an easy hike for like a mile. And then you have like two miles of rocks and there's ropes where you got to climb down. Like it's a pretty hard hike. And so we actually went there. There was park rangers there riding people tickets. And so we hiked around the mountain and like scaled down like the backside of it which was probably not safe or smart, but not, we found our yeah. way. We, we, found, did, we did okay, though. We found our way, but it was pretty awesome because there was a guy down there talking to us when we first got down there, and he was telling us about um, this other side that you can't see when you get down there. So unless you are on a boat, you really don't know this other area is there, and that ended up being the best part of the hike when we went around the other area. Um, there's actually like a hot spring in the Colorado River, which is super cold, uh, but the water is so hot you can almost you almost can't get into it. So it's actually just hot water spewing out the side of a mountain that trickles down this little hill into the spring, and so uh, it, it's it's a special little spot. And then when we hiked out, when the, the cops were still there, we had to like crawl up the river or the mountain and then like walk down the highway. Oh. So it was it was i we were so sore for days it was it was it was, it was it was not good but we, we yeah we made it good we, we made it and we had water so we were okay <laughs> you see those movies you know like what's that one movie where the guy got his arm stuck and he was like in that between the oh, rocks 72 hours yeah or something like that. yeah like you see you stuff like up. that and you're like oh man it's it's serious out there yeah oh yeah it's gotta be ready <laughs> Ready for anything. So are you... She'd lift, an arm, she'd lift a rock off my arm. I, I bet. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could cut off my arm. Like, Yeah, I fuck. I that's a real I'm story. Like, that yeah, really happened. Yeah. Yeah, it shows you, like, what what you can do when you when you need to do something serious. Any human can do it. Yeah. Know? Anybody. Yeah. Now, is... um. Has the, have, you, have you guys introduced each other to anything new and then the other person was like oh no no that's not uh i'm not doing that i'm not interested in those into any of that like is there been any situations like that i don't think so i don't think so we pretty much just been down like yeah yeah i i think we're we're similar yeah i don't think anything Mm -mm. i wouldn't i wouldn't i don't think i'd say no to anything off my head anyway yeah I don't know. I can't think of it. She could probably talk me into it. I'd definitely do it. <laughs> so you embrace everything that that you guys introduced yeah, to each other. Generally. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. All right. Uh, now the 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 weed, right? Of course, I want to talk about that. And uh, of course, you know, like what's crazy is like in some countries, even CBD is illegal. CBD. Like I don't understand. I can understand like why weed would be illegal. You know. But CBD is illegal. Like, that's like a medicinal property, right? I think it right? just opens. 
it, it is and I but I think to get the CBD you have to grow the plant and so I think that's like their thing is they don't it's harder to regulate if people are actually just growing like hemp or hemp derived CBD or if they're actually growing cannabis so I think that's like what the countries are probably thinking I just think the fact that it's been illegal anywhere at all is just it's really insane did you guys both go to Japan together the last time? Last time, yeah. Yeah, together. she did the last time, but other than that, nope, she didn't. Okay, so... Because normally she had flights that she was training oh, for, okay. so she couldn't really come. When you guys were out there, did you guys see the CBD in Japan? I was actually sponsored by a CBD company. Uh, it's called Elixinol, and they sponsored me. Yeah, they're from Japan. There's a Japanese-based uh, CBD company. So Did you see yeah. Bob Sapp out there? advertising i did oh, uh, oh no, I when didn't. i was there last time when i when i was there for you guys when you guys were out there um uh yeah i was at some store in in i don't know what part of Japan, uh, tokyo but there was bob sap and he was advertising a cbd company you know the vape pens and everything i was just like man bob sap still still doing it out there it's been like 20 years still a legend in Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think uh eventually i hope it's legal everywhere like maybe when japan like more countries get on board like maybe it'll change it's i was so blown away that you can still smoke in the restaurants Cigarettes, and like they have yeah. like they did have like separate areas but i mean you could still <laughs> let's fucking be honest yeah i was like but you like it's just always weird to me like things like that i don't know cigarettes to me are like way worse and i'm like but you can't smoke weed at home <laughs> cigarettes anywhere is just yeah. stinks like it's terrible like i hate and the it thing is, i hate it i it's hate always, what is so it. funny to me is you can smoke a cigarette in a hotel room and you're gonna smell it the next day you can smoke weed in a hotel mm. room and open up a window and you're not gonna smell it the next day you know like it's not like it's not chemicals it doesn't stain it doesn't like stick around yeah. like cigarettes have you ever smoked weed somewhere right and Someone came along and been like, hey, like, what are you guys doing? You know, I'm pretty sure there has I, been some instances I, like I, that. I'll smoke weed anywhere and everywhere. In all my hotels. All, every hotel room I've had from now till however long back I've smoked weed in them. And I've never gotten in trouble. Many times. Well, I remember, like, in high school smoking a joint at, the, at, like, a party, right? It was just at some dude's party. It's like, you're smoking weed at my house. Like tried start tried fighting me and my friends and we just whooped his fucking ass and, and left the party. But that's like <laughs> the only time where someone's been like, "Oh, you're smoking weed, loser." But we could. I think ass, being so. from the northwest, like if you're smoking weed anywhere out there, like no one cares. And then I was really surprised how cannabis friendly Las Vegas was when I moved here. Like people say, like, "Oh, now when you're on the strip, you can just smell weed everywhere." And I'm like, "When I moved here, I still smell weed everywhere." You yeah. know, like I would be somewhere I'd be like, "Oh, whoa!" Like it, it, it's still the West Coast, and it's still like the wild, wild west in a lot of ways. So <laughs> I haven't had any really bad experiences. I've had people like maybe if I was out somewhere and they're like, "Oh, hey, what are you doing?" And then maybe they like want to join in or smoke or something, you know. But I've never had anyone really be mean about it. Yeah, it's it seems like in the Northwest, you know, me since the '90s, from what I remember, is like it it wasn't that no. serious. It was just like yeah. people were driving around in their yeah. cars, you know. That's yeah. when you're a kid, 
a teenager, you're just driving around in your car because that's yeah. like the safest. That's pretty right? crazy to say. When oh, you're a teenager, yeah, the so safest place is driving around in your car. The car was like the, the highlight. Like they're like, yeah, let's roll up all the windows and get really high and then get high <sighs> on the air we breathe. Yeah. It's all weed smoke. It's like fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> We're, yeah. Uh, Good memories though. That's what I mean. Like I feel like. Like if you can't like kids do, when they go out and they drink in a car and something bad's gonna happen. When kids go out and smoke weed in a car, they usually just end up at like a fast food parking lot or hanging out in Walmart parking lot or Being something. Extra safe. And like go and get like candy or something and like yeah. hang out. Like you don't really like. I don't really. Know, I don't know of any bad stories. The only bad stories I know of are when people were drinking. Oh, definitely. Like people, like friends have died drunk driving you know what i mean that's just that's just reality i think it just happens all the time now like like you said if you if you smoke it's like you get so paranoid that you yeah. stop the car and really sit scared. somewhere and you're like you oh, i'm gonna chill here for a while like i yeah. uh, got a like some a great delivery the other day and i smoked this morning and i was like i don't we had a hike planned and i was like i don't want to go now like i just want to sit at home with bruce and like lay in the sun and like relax <laughs> I ended up going anyways, but like that's what I mean. Like that's where like if I was drunk, I'd be like, yeah, let's go hike that mountain. Like we're gonna do something. And then, but like smoking weed, you're like, oh, I just want to like chill, be at home happy. and hang out. <laughs> I I like to smoke before I train though. That's like my time. I like to like smoke and then go do something. Not me. He. That's the one thing that we're super different on. Like I want to smoke and chill. Like that's my like relax like thing where he's like pro practice yeah let's take a bog get fucking ripped and go spar <laughs> it's, but i think it affects us a little bit different where like it helps ease my mind and that helps his mind go and so we're different there like when you guys like with the edibles right like i've, I've noticed myself when i was young eating eating it and then watching movies or watching like a documentary it magnifies everything like you soak it oh, in yeah. a different way you know like more powerful before and after have you ever watched something like on edibles and then watched it like sober and you're like this is <laughs> yeah, a yeah. totally different totally. experience here totally like it's another movie oh yeah i see i don't like doing edibles really just because they're so strong like and i feel like once you eat it like i've eaten 30 milligrams of gummies and been high out of my mind and then I've eaten 30 milligrams of other gummies and not felt anything and so I think there's just so many variables that go into like how much have you eaten that day how much fat versus protein carbs have you eaten how is your body going to process this sooner than it's going to process that and there's just so many things that go into it and it's like and then you eat a little bit and then it doesn't do nothing yeah. then you eat a little bit more and then you're just off on this like adventure that you didn't want to really start that's why I, I just yeah. like smoking. I just like I, let it ease off. I screwed myself over. The last time I ate edibles was like a couple months ago. And I ate for 30, 30 or 40 milligrams. And I like waited an hour or two, didn't feel anything. So then I ate two more. So it was like 60 milligrams. And then I had to go coach a class, right? So I was, co I was coaching. It's like halfway through the class and I, I was showing a move. And I go to stand up and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, my mouth got so cotton mouth like instantly and like I, oh it was bad I she was, was there too and she... i was there and it, when he kept popping them out and eating them and i was like how many have you eaten like, and, they're not working and then i was just kind of like well have fun like i knew what was gonna happen and then we go to the gym and then he's 
coaching that I I was doing one of my runs and then I get off the treadmill and I look over at Johnny and his eyes are like this big and I was just like oh my god I was like they did it to him oh <laughs> shit it got scary high there for a second <laughs> keeps you keeps you balanced you know well one interesting aspect of that is like during training camp how do you keep yourself from like eating the whole house See, I, it's so different. So like, I feel like if you've smoked for a long time, like you don't really get the munchies anymore. So, and then I think also too, like if you aren't proper eating properly, like that magnifies it. So if you eat accordingly and then you smoke at the end of the day, usually that should just help you relax and go to bed. Um, so I don't really get the munchies anymore, but I've had friends and people that are like, I don't know how you do it. Like I just end up overeating at the end of the night. Um, so I think a big thing is just eating like you should. The right like, stuff, yeah. If you wake up and you don't eat all day and then you eat a light dinner and then you get really high, you're still hungry. You're still deficient, probably 2000 calories. So now what are you going to do? You're going to go binge So, but if you wake up and you have a 400 calorie breakfast and then you have a 500 calorie lunch and then you have a 700 calorie dinner, then you have like a little bit of a snack after you smoke and you're like good and you're ready to like chill. So I think that's where a lot of it comes. It's like misnutrition, bad eating habits and not doing it the right way. I wonder how many fighters have had camp and then they've gotten, you know, too high too many times and then they ate too much at night and then they just... I know a few. I know a few for sure. Yeah. Like high level in the UFC and they missed weight. And it's like, dude, you were smoking weed, eating peanut butter cups all fucking camp. Like, but you still go out there and kick, kick some ass. So, I mean, yeah. what do you do? Teach their own, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I feel like smoking will make you paranoid too, though. You're like, oh, like I can't overeat that because then I might, <laughs> I might get fucked up. Yeah. What's everybody gonna say? Now, in training, right? You guys are you guys are not going to the gym. You guys are training at home mostly, right? So, um, you guys probably miss the gym. But what do you not miss about the gym? Like, what are some of the annoyances? You know, you don't have to say any names, but I'm saying like some things that you you experience at the gym. You're like, man, I hate. Like, when I go there, this is what I see, or this is what some people do in the gym. Like, is there anything? No, man, I miss it. I just miss, like, punching my friends. Honestly, we went over to a buddy's house, and we, went, we just got done going on a hike. You're riding us out. And they were, no, it's like a buddy's house. It was not a gym. And uh, they were in the garage, and they were actually sparring. Like, we walked up, and I walked up, and I was, like, instantly, like, that primal, like, excitement it was just like, oh, oh, I want to punch my friends. Like, so, uh, yeah, I definitely miss training, man, for sure. Yeah, I miss, uh, like, just the team practice, like, morale, like, having that. But I was in a weird spot before anyway, where I didn't really have, like, a certain team that I was only training with where I was kind of doing the nomad thing. So, like, more than anything right now, I just feel excited to find, like, a home gym. So, like, that's what I'm excited for right now. But, um, yeah, if you would have asked me that, like, a while ago, I probably would have been like, yeah, I'm excited not to step in people's nasty sweat (laughs) and, like, you know, would have had a list. But I don't have any right now i just want to find a home gym and just find a good place to train and you know get back on the right path so that's my main thing which is like 
part of me though like this break I don't feel like is necessarily like a bad thing for everybody because I feel like there's so many other people than just like athletes that are finally taking the time to like get healthy or like start working out like they've always wanted to but then they're so tired from work and everything else and like I always wanted to sew and now I get to sew so I mean yeah I miss it but there's also like so much opportunity and actually getting this time where like the world's on pause like where you actually get to spend time with yourself and I've always really liked you know trying to better myself you know and create get a new skill and I think now is like kind of the perfect time for that yeah I've seen you uh sewing those masks maybe you, you could make a signature brand of handcrafted masks organic <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. I yeah. actually got organic cotton for some and was making organic cotton masks. <laughs> this is uh, this entrepreneur type of time of time right now in the world. So that's why I got this sewing machine is because I wanted to make organic dog beds actually, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm gonna get a garden and sell vegetables and make organic dog beds and like live. <laughs> I've had the sewing machine for two years and it didn't happen, but uh, <laughs> um, but now I know how to sew. So now I can maybe like that. I taught myself. It literally took me like three hours to learn how to thread it. And then now it takes me like not even 30 seconds to thread it. So like there's been some big improvements. <laughs> She's making up for lost time. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you guys gave me so much time today. It's like, it's been a long, long, like chat and it was fun you know I, lo I love talking to both of you guys you know what i mean and uh, i'm glad johnny actually like linked me up with uh, emily and we actually got an interview last time and this time it was fun chatting with you and you guys are very open which what i enjoy yeah i you're, yeah you're Same. a great interview you're anytime good, yeah. you want to interview we were both have to do one so all right so well be safe you know stay healthy and uh hopefully you guys get a fight really really soon you know because i know you guys are both hungry hungry to get in there and do what you do <laughs> we're just gonna set up like a parking lot league i think before, before too long i need to fight somebody soon so. see i think that's what's gonna happen kind of i think that the ufc might end up being one of the only promotions to have shows but i think it's gonna be very small a select you know group of workers there and then just the fighters and they're just going to fulfill the ESPN contract I don't picture fans and people having money for that for a while so it'll be interesting to see once yeah. we know more we'll have to do another interview to sure. get our thoughts on the topic <laughs> all right well I really really appreciate the time and uh enjoy yourselves and and we'll we'll chat again very very soon okay all thank right. you so much Bye, man. peace